Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Hey, it's Monica. Real quick before we start this episode, this month I have a special request of you. Has About Progress impacted you for good in any way? Has it served a need that you had in your life at the right time? I would be honored if you could express how through a rating and review that you leave on your podcast app. Many apps have a way for you to do this, but the most important place to leave a rating and review is on Apple Podcast or iTunes. They're one and the same. The few minutes that you take to share what you like about the show goes a long way both for me to do a better job showing up here and to also help boost our likelihood of being seen by other women who need this community. I am so grateful that you take the time to listen, and I thank you in advance for supporting me and leaving a rating and review. Now on to the show. You are listening to episode 335, Heal Your Relationship with Your Body with Dr. Anna Packard. Have you ever realized that you have had one definable relationship that has been with you since the moment you were born and will be with you until the very second you last draw breath? That relationship is with your body. Do you treat your body like you would a dear friend? Or do you treat your body like your worst enemy? 
or maybe you even prefer to ignore her altogether. About five years ago, I was devastated when my doctor told me that I could no longer run or do any intense workouts for that matter. And running had been a huge outlet of mine. And for a while, I felt betrayed by my own body. Luckily, though, I was already well into years of recovery from life-altering eating disorders, and I knew that the only way forward to both heal my body and my mind was to honor my body, to move in the way my body needed me to move, to nourish my body the way it needed to be nourished. And I went years without running, and throughout that time, I learned some wonderful and hard lessons, including that I could work in partnership with my body instead of seeing it as an opposition in my life. I can now run now, but not too often and not nearly as as fast as I used to. But with every step that I hit the pavement, I now feel a genuine gratitude I didn't truly experience before, acknowledging all the while that my body was the very thing that got us back to this point. Today, we get to hear from Dr. Anna Packard, She is a licensed psychologist, a certified eating disorder specialist, and a certified group psychotherapist. Anna has climbed many proverbial mountains with her body, from eating disorders to infertility to autoimmune disorders. And whether the relationship with your body has been damaged due to years, if not decades, of being influenced by diet, culture, and body obsession, or your own health struggles have challenged you to view your body without compassion because you feel like it's getting in the way of your life rather than allowing you to live it fully. Anna will show you how to reconnect with your body as you learn to heal your relationship with her. And yes, I said her because of a special tip that Anna explained in the episode. Here's to honoring your body by healing this lifelong relationship, one that can be grounded in trust and respect instead of disgust and resentment. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packard, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. From the time that I'm recording this episode, we are about six to eight weeks away from finally moving into our house. We are so excited. But as I've been looking around at how my family stuff has seemed to explode and spread throughout my parents' entire home... I've been realizing that I need to get started now in getting things organized and ready to move in, which means a lot of purging. It's traditionally spring cleaning time. And if you want to join in with me and other like-minded people who are also trying to gradually make some headway, headway in organizing all the things, join the free You Can Get Organized Challenge. We have led this challenge several times and it's always been a big hit. The last week of this month will be our official five-day challenge filled with daily classes, lots of fun and motivation, and positive peer pressure, as well as a lot of prizes. But leading up to and through the challenge, we will also be focusing on creating small organization wins. And they're so doable that I promise you, you can do this. So come and participate with us by going to aboutprogress.com forward slash challenge. 
Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash challenge to join the You Can Get Organized Challenge. I cannot wait to see you there. Dr. Anna Packard, we are so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. It's so great. I was telling Anna off the air for those who are listening that she's been on my list for years, for literal years to have her on the show. And there's no more perfect, I guess, even though that's almost like a swear word in our community, but there's, <laughs> there's not a more perfect topic or person, I think, to discuss this topic than you, both because of how you have been through this healing that we're going to be talking about and also how you help guide other women to do the same. So let's set the scene a little bit here. We're talking about how a lot of what blocks our own personal development, our progress, our empowerment, our, our achievements, anything relationships that you can think of is a focus on our bodies. And a few months ago we had beauty redefined on, and they were talking about that focus and we need to go with that. We need to we need to talk about how we heal it because now that we're learning how, okay, don't focus on our body so much. Well, how do we heal this really damaged relationship with our bodies? So would you like to just tell us a little bit of your own story about how your, your own relationship with your body got traumatized and, and damaged and hijacked and, and what that has looked like for you to heal that? And that's a big question, right? I I'm well aware. So we're right. kind of doing a smaller version of this, but please, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, it's, it's a big question, but unfortunately, an all too familiar story for many mm. of us who have grown up in this culture, right? So I really related to, I think you interviewed Lexi, right? Mm-hmm. Of the Kite Sisters, when they were talking about their journal entries in middle school and how they used to always talk about the diets they needed to go on, on the, and their weight loss plans. My journals were the same. Every entry began with my weight. And then the next paragraph at least was me just disparaging my body. And then as I grew further into high school, in my junior year of high school, we ended up moving states and that was a really difficult and lonely period for me. And with a variety of things going on in my life, it uh, led to a full-blown eating disorder in high school and that continued into college until I remember one day calling my mom in tears and just confessing all my behaviors to her and expressing like this, I don't think this is normal. And then my mom actually was uh, the one who helped me get into treatment for my eating disorder. And so throughout my undergraduate years for about a year and a half, I was in treatment pretty consistently with a therapist working through it. And at the end of that, I was, pretty close to describing myself as discuss- as recovered. I had worked really hard. My All my behaviors were pretty stabilized. And I was going on a study abroad to Spain. And hmm. my therapist and I, back in those days, there was no option for like doing therapy across the ocean. And so yeah. we decided like, this is going to be your chance to see how recovered you are as you go on the study abroad. And I made a commitment to myself that I really wanted my study abroad to be lived fully. And because I really was so excited about this. I didn't want my eating disorder to come with me. And so I spent that summer in Spain and I kept that commitment. So I did all the things, ate all the things. I even ironically met my future husband on that study abroad. I didn't know that. Um, That's so yeah. fun. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun romance story. And we came, I came back 
to Utah after that study abroad and I had gained a significant amount of weight actually in a short amount of time. And I stepped on the scale when I got back and I was the largest I had ever been. And very lovely and dear family member, I won't say names, said I look like a chipmunk. Mm. <laughs> and for anyone that's had an eating disorder, you can imagine that both of those pieces would be very triggering. And for me, it was actually a really powerful pivot point where I had just come from this experience where I really learned that my happiness was absolutely unrelated to the size of my body. And in fact, how beautiful to have learned that ending up in the largest size I had ever been. And so that was one of the last times I ever weighed myself. I threw my scale away and that was really cementing myself into recovery. And then partially, or maybe even in large part because of my own experience in therapy, I pursued becoming a psychologist myself and I now work um, with eating disorders mainly. And as, as a result, always being in the trenches in this space, I think it has really amplified my continued journey with my own body to be in a really beautiful, healed, loving space that it is today. Oh, that's amazing. I, I, I'm curious about going right back to that triggering moment. I thought you were going to lead us down another path of how that, you know, bounced you back into some, you know, the behaviors that you were recovering from, For sure. but that was such an a wonderful, unexpected turn to hear that it actually highlighted for you that the size of your body did not impact or correlate with your happiness. And I just wanted to like sit with that a little bit more. Like, what was that like to process? I'm sure it wasn't like, Oh, I'm, I'm happy anyway. So now it's easy and I'm just going to go forward. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. I can just keep this and lose weight too. Um, I just think it was such a great contrast of Spain was true freedom with food and freedom in my body and also freedom in relationships. I think so often people who struggle with eating disorders or even disordered eating or any painful relationship with their body may not even have awareness of how that hijacks relationships hmm. and how it hijacks intimacy. And so I had this beautiful summer where I created really deep lifelong friends and as I said, I met my husband. And honestly, I think part of that was because I was in an emotional and cognitive space where I could have that relationship. Also, uh, I had been working long enough in therapy that I think I tried to always remind myself how miserable an eating disorder actually really is, even mm -hmm. as deceptive and, and alluring as it can be. But those, those pieces all served as a really protective function to keep me in recovery. Now, what I think is really important though, too, is in that part of recovery, even though I chose to not revert back to eating disorder behaviors, it's not necessarily that in that moment, I was in this amazing relationship with my body, yeah. right? It was, it was more about, wow, my body, as I said, isn't related to my happiness, like the size of hers. And I was almost as if she became a non-issue and it has been years later and work later of moving in recovery from disconnecting the hatred and moving away toward my body, seeing her less as my enemy to a neutrality, to a respect, to a love, to like an actual relationship. So that oh. took longer. Yeah. Yes. It's fascinating that I haven't thought of that, about that in that way, but your own experience mirrors my own. And this is, you know, I wish this was an overnight process. I wish that this could be something that 
you know, we're going to go through some of your expert advice in a moment. I, I wish it could be something as we hear it and we implement it in a day right. and better, but I think honesty is always the best policy on that's what we try to do in this community is, is deliver the truth. And the truth is, is that this is a relationship, like you just said, and all relationships take time and they're going to take some give and take and some tension and some moments where they're tested. But as you stick with it, it will become as deep and as rewarding as any, any relationship that you've been able to develop that depth with. But as I was sitting and listening to you, thinking myself, I have bounced between my own recovery. I bounced between like this numbness, like just not feeling anything and total mm-hmm. hatred. And mm-hmm. I've learned the past few years that that numbness is still pretty present. The hatred mm-hmm. has, you know, dissipated in the background a little bit more and more every year, every day. I would say that's a very rare feeling now, but numbness is still like not being in tune that that's mm-hmm. a big thing. So wherever the women are on the spectrum of their struggles with their relationships with their bodies right now, and also their behaviors, we don't want anyone to discount themselves in this discussion because they don't think they're bad enough yet. Like they don't deserve help. Right. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to hear more about like that actual connection here. Like, let's just talk about how can we start by healing that part of feeling connected to our bodies. And then I'm sure we'll have way more to go into after that as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I, I, one of my biggest passions in life is healing. Well, obviously that's why I'm on this podcast, but yeah. it's healing that connection with our bodies because what you described and what I described is so common that the extent of healing is making your body just this non-entity, right? That I can ignore and I can avoid and and at least I'm not hurting her, right? At least I'm not hating on her. And that that is progress. And I really want to honor that. And I want to honor also what you said is, look, our journeys with our bodies are complicated. And just like any relationship that's worthwhile, it is going to take time and it is going to take work. One of my really good friends who's also a treating clinician, I love what she always says is that our relationship with our bodies can be the best love story of our lives. Wow. Uh, And what I, I like thinking about with our bodies too is our bodies is the only guaranteed earthly relationship we will have this entire life, Hmm. right? Um, It is the relationship that will be there through every breath we have. And that in of itself is worthy of working on that relationship. And it's complicated. And we are all in a society that breeds disconnection at best and absolute hatred and loathing of our bodies at worst, Hmm. right? And some people also have more complicated experience than others. Like, right, I know people in in your community that are listening to this, I'm sure have, there are people with trauma histories in their bodies. There are people that their bodies have featured in other painful ways in their life that complicate this. So mm-hmm. I think about a starting point is, and healing that connection is, is absolutely what you're describing. It's numbness is, a, is an absolute fine place to start, right? Is can we at least lay down the weapons of war? Can Mm -hmm. we stop actively hating on our bodies and moving toward at least neutrality and work from there? So, so I think about too, like a wish, like, do you even just want to change your relationship with your body? Do you want to decrease the amount of time and energy food or your body take up? 
And if so, then that's a great starting point. But I wanna be really clear that changing our body or changing our relationship with our body means unconditional permission for our body to stay the same or be where our body at its most nourished and healthy place is gonna be, even if that's not where we think ideally our body should be. So this is all about us changing our orientation and feeling toward our bodies. It is no longer about our bodies needing to change. So you said that's unconditional permission uh-huh. to allow our bodies. How did you finish that? I probably used too much psychobabble, but basically <laughs> our bodies, when they are fully taken care of, nourished, adequately rested, they will naturally gravitate toward their set point. They will gravitate yeah. toward a size that they want to be at where they function the best. And we don't get to decide that. <laughs> some people like that set point. Some people, uh, that's not okay. But that's where the unconditional permission comes in. So where our body wants to be, we have to honor that. And it's yeah. our job to do the emotional work around okay. loving her. I love that distinction. And I also love that you started with just even a wish is a wonderful place to start because the truth is, is I think, I mean, there's many levels and stages to recovery, of course, but I think that wish is perhaps the hardest mm-hmm. thing it's, or mm-hmm. not the biggest hurdle, but I would say it's the number one hurdle. It's the one that it's, has to come down first for everything yeah, else to go It's vulnerable, right? That wish is stepping into vulnerability. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because without the wish and and I and I bring this up just because over the years I've I've tried to help other people who I and not from like I'm taking on a therapist role, it's more like let me hook you up with someone who is great, like Dr. Packard here. So <laughs> but it's it's more of recognizing when others are struggling. If you've ever been in that position, you know you can't help them right. if they don't have that wish. And it's the same right. for us that's almost like your center point. You can always come back to, even when the behaviors are hard or your relationships get, get rocky with your bodies or whatever it is, it's coming back home to that wish. Well, what do I really want? And I want to live this way, which means I need to be willing to accept these hard parts of that. Right. Right. Cause the second part that the acceptance piece is really important because a lot of people, a lot of women do want a better relationship with their bodies but in comes diet culture, right? Where it's all about changing your body is the solution. And it's not, it is absolutely continuing to harm your relationship with your body and identify your body as the problem, right? So it's both the wish to have a different relationship and that unconditional permission for your body to be who she is. Wish, unconditional permission, acceptance as part of that. Yeah. Now let's move into some other ways. This is, so that's the foundation. I really think that's the foundation of what we're talking about. Let's say women are are starting to work on that, cultivate that. What, what are some other practical ways that they can then move towards healing this complicated, but necessary relationship with their bodies? Sure. So one thing I started explaining, but I'll be more overt and clear about it is one of the tools I think is one of the most powerful tools we always have at our disposal is behaviors. So I like to talk a lot with clients about how we behave our way into believing differently. An eating disorder example would be, I could talk till I'm blue in the face to try to help a client understand that this specific feared food isn't actually dangerous or scary, but really the way they're going to overcome that fear of that feared food is they got to eat it. 
<laughs> they gotta, mm-hmm. And they got to eat it and eat it and eat it to learn that, oh, I can have this scary thing that I thought was scary. And I'm going to learn that allowing myself to eat it, I'm not going to overeat on it. I know my body will tell me when it's done, right? And they overcome that fear. And the same thing happens with healing our relationship with our bodies. So part of that is, right, we talked about, I think a behavior in, in two ways, right? There's behavior that hurts our bodies and the behavior that is loving toward our bodies. So first committing to no longer doing behaviors that hurt our bodies. And that includes language, right? The ways we're speaking to our body, even if like our internal dialogue to decide to no longer internally criticize your body, also extending that no longer criticizing your body out loud or commiserating Mm -hmm. with other people around body hatred. It seems to be a great way for women to bond around body hatred, but to decide to no longer do that. And then as well as like, if you are in any way not taking care of your body, either depriving her of rest or depriving her of nourishment to commit to no longer doing things that would hurt her and moving into the space of treating her, even if you don't believe it, but treating her like she's worthy of respect and love, right? So so honoring her needs when they show up, letting her rest, give, moving your body joyfully, nourishing her adequately with all variety of food from Oreos to spinach, all of it's welcome. And also, I also think about moving into too about, as you were talking about that numbness, right? And that disconnection, even just beginning to invite your body as a companion into your memories, right? As a participant mm-hmm. in your life and recognizing her contribution to those. One of the big things about the research on body satisfaction comes around body appreciation. So again, I think it's really helpful to know body love doesn't have to be the end goal here, especially if we're starting from a place of body hatred that can feel really overwhelming and maybe even impossible for people, but moving toward body gratitude, body respect and body appreciation are really powerful places to move toward. So in terms of body appreciation, one way that I get here is I talk, and you probably heard me doing this already. I actually refer to my body as she. Yes. And, and not I noticed that. Mm-hmm. And I do that for two reasons. The main reason is actually that is my experience within my lift body. I do see her as autonomous to me. She is me and she's not me. And I have a really... I have a story I want to share about that and of how profoundly I learned that. But the other part of it is practical. And just based on this idea that it is really, unfortunately, more easy for us to offer compassion to other people than it is ourselves. And so if, if, well, first of all, I do believe, again, we are in relationships with our bodies and recognizing that she is someone deserving of respect and seeing her as someone that's not you, it may open up toward more compassion opposed to when you see yourself fused with your body and the same ways you view yourself may show up like, I'm so lazy. She's so late. Like she's so like, she's not measuring up to everything I want, which what your meaning is. I'm not opposed to, okay, this is what my body needs. This is how she's showing up for me. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party 
or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's so fascinating to me though, because I mean, it's so clear now that you've given me the language. And like this concept to it, I'm like, this is exactly what the healing looks like. But I didn't realize that that's what I was doing or other people were doing. It's looking at, you know, it's a partnership, but it's not the same. Like I am not my body, but my body's important. It's important to me and I'm a partner with it, but it's not who I am. It's not in, in place of who I am. It's not my identity. Right. So can I share that? I would love that story. Yes, please. So I think this is the experience that actually shuttled me in toward body love. And again, I want to normalize, like I have been in this field, I've been treating eating disorders for over a decade now, and I've had a good relationship with my body for a long, long time. And it was only three years ago that it shuttled into a space of love. And it was because of this experience that happened. So I experienced about four years ago, I experienced secondary infertility. We had had three kids and we wanted one more and I was having recurrent miscarriages. And so we ultimately, after my fourth miscarriage, we went and sought fertility testing and treatment and they put me on a fertility drug and we were lucky enough that the first round I was able to get pregnant. But what they didn't know is that I was pregnant in what's called a heterotopic pregnancy And so I was Hmm. pregnant with twins, but one was in my uterus Hmm. and one was in my fallopian tube and they didn't see the one in the fallopian tube that went undiscovered. And then when I was seven weeks pregnant, I was in the ER in intense, intense pain. And it was actually there that my fallopian tube burst. And I went into emergency surgery. No one knew what was happening. I didn't even know what was happening. They thought that the fertility drugs had like enlarged my ovaries and that they were twisting and there was just decreased blood flow, but no, it was actually a baby in my fallopian tube. And anyway, so I went into emergency surgery and when I woke up hours later and they told me what had happened, I had lost almost half my blood in the process. I ended up getting four blood transfusions, but what was really profound for me was this awareness that my body kept me alive. There was absolutely nothing that Anna, the Anna that I identify as, I was not conscious in that place. She stayed alive. She was the one that preserved me. And she miraculously also preserved the life of the baby in my uterus. And so Mm -hmm. this, that just really changed everything for me, developing this awareness that she functions completely outside of my awareness. And she is chronically taking care of me in little ways, Mm -hmm. every moment. She literally saved my life. 
she saved my existence. She hung in there through a very traumatic experience. Oh, that's everything. And he did come from Beauty Redefined. They said, I think this was years ago, they said in a post, and I'm one of those people, I forget things as soon as, I forget something as soon as I read it. But this stuck out to me. They said, the same body you have now is the body that you had as a three-year-old. Like it's carried with you forever. And I've thought about that with, you know, Prince Phillips just, I know this seems like, where's she going with this? But they had like this whole video montage of him growing from like a baby and his face changing to like a toddler and then a teenager and then a young adult and then a older man and then a very old man. And I was just like, incredible, incredible what our bodies can do that it carries us through this entire life. And yet we're criticizing it for like two thirds of that time, I, right? you know, enough. Right. That reminds me of something really simple. I like to do that. I like to draw awareness to with clients is I'll ask them to just notice that they're breathing and then mm-hmm. notice that they've been breathing this entire time, but haven't been noticing that they're breathing, right? That, that our bodies yeah. are chronically there for us through the good and bad and have taken us on every adventure we've ever gone on. Any worthwhile memory we've ever had in our life has most likely fundamentally involved our bodies. Hmm. And we it's so easy to forget it. Right? It's so easy. I think a lot of the women in this community, I've I've learned over the past few years, many of the women in my community might not struggle with eating disorders or even disordered eating, but they struggle with massive health problems yeah. where their bodies are getting in the way of them living their lives. And and that's really complicated and I and I was just hoping you could touch on that just a little bit for those people who are within that specific need. How can they still work on seeing their body as a partner rather than the, the thing that's getting in the way. Absolutely. So I have another story to go with that too. We love stories um, here. Okay. So I, in the last five years or so have developed an autoimmune disease that mm. causes a lot of disruption in my life too. And, and I certainly don't want, I, I want to be careful to say that I still largely retain my health and all my capacities. And I know that's not the case for a lot of people out there that they struggle in their bodies in very profound ways. And this has been a learning curve, a new learning curve for me with my body, where I can't move the way I have always been able to, I have to change it, I have to alter it, I have to respect her a lot more, I have to sleep a lot more. But when this was starting, before we really knew what was going on, I was just having this painful experience in my body. And I remember it was winter time and I was driving and reflexively, again, it's really common and honestly reflexive for us to be frustrated, critical when things aren't going right. And I honestly don't know how I wasn't in that space, but I was driving and I was holding my, the steering wheel and my fingers were just hurting. And I remember lifting my hands off the steering wheel. I was at a stoplight. It was safe. And I just looked at my swollen knuckles and I just had this thought, they are doing the best they can. And I really believe that about all our bodies. And I think about how, if we can be compassionate and that's also 
there's nothing about that statement that's also untrue. Our bodies are always doing the best they can with what they have. Hmm. And if we can have that compassion for our bodies, how powerful can that be to translate to ourselves too, right? That we are also doing the best we can with what we have. And that doesn't mean we have to like it. Mm -hmm. I actually think about if we can lean into what is our body both asking of us, both physically, but what is it asking for us in terms of growth? What is it asking for us to learn about Mm -hmm. ourselves, but also in relationship to her, right? Yeah. Again, it goes back to what you talked about. It's a partnership, but it's also a separate entity and developing that compassion. Like you can with someone else that you love. That, that changes so much. Thank you for letting us go um, off the rails a little bit to speak on that because I, I know this is a big need that women are facing who are listening here. What what other things could you say for people who are you know making going down this path of healing their bodies or anything else that you would advise them to do? Oh, I'm man. sure a lot like months <laughs> like, worth I, of therapy. I know. But <laughs> I have so much I could talk about this forever. We'll just have to have but, you come back for a part two. Okay. Absolutely. But one thing I think about in terms of body appreciation, I know this sounds simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. But I talk about body gratitude. And sometimes people go the route of, you know, think about think about your senses and what you're grateful for that they allow you to do or experience in the world. But I like to take that further because I think in terms of healing our relationship with our bodies, we have to include her in our stories and in our life. So I think about, okay, I love for people to take 15 to 20 minutes and think about the important moments of your life or think of at least one. And then I want you to really relive that memory in your mind. And then I want you to think about what part your body played in that memory, right? you saw this amazing view when you got to the top of this mountain on this hike and it was sunset and you were with your good friend and you're having this amazing conversation. In what ways would you not have been able to do that had your body not taken you there, right? And then it could also be like, you know, when you hold your own children or your pets or your nieces and nephews and you can smell them, like what ways is your body allowing you to live fully and can we be grateful for her for those moments that make our life worthwhile a lot of this comes back to another thread that i've been experiencing my my own life is the the need to slow down mm-hmm. to be present to prioritize connection over productivity and presence over rushing around and doing, doing, doing so much of what I think our numbness towards our bodies is, is just our numbness towards life. And that's hard, right? Because if it feels easier to protect ourselves from feeling too much, just like it's easier to protect ourselves from feeling too much towards our bodies, but that's not being a fully developed, mature person. And I don't want to be an 80 year old who's still rushing and not feeling and taking life in, you know? Yes. I related a lot to you and you described in other podcasts where I think you like out hustle, out produce your emotions. I am definitely vulnerable to that as well. And I think I really like the intention, right? The setting our intention. I need to slow down and also normalizing this. It doesn't have to be perfect to be intentional, right? Like I don't have to be present every second of the day, but I need to move toward 
slowing down and spending more time being embodied, more time being present with this moment, with these people, with this sunset, Mm -hmm. all, all those things. 100%. And the thing that helps me with that, just like you said, it's not all or nothing. It's looking for moments. So it's just like, I do that with my kids. I, I, I might not have, you know, two hours or even sometimes 10 minutes, but I have a sprinkling of moments to connect with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I have that with my spouse and myself and my body. And that's what I'm trying to work on a little bit better is creating those little, just sprinklings of moments of connecting to myself, my emotions, my body, which is hard. It's a new, it's a new, the new way of living for me. Well, it's like, and not to be cliche, but moments are our lives, right? Yeah. Like the moments we attend to are the moments that make up our lives. Mm -hmm. There's some quote somewhere and I'm going to have to find out who said it, but a good life is just as how they word it. You string along many good days. That's what creates a good life. And I'm sorry for whoever said that and I just butchered it, but we, <laughs> yeah. can, we can take the heart I of that message similar quote in my mind. I'm like, I, yep. I can't remember. Exactly I know. It said, but it was something about like, at the end of life, you're going to realize it wasn't the big things. It was all the little things yeah. in the first place or something like that. And we'll have to have anyone who's listening, who knows both know. the word for word quotes we were both trying to say and who said them, feel free to chime in. This is a self-development show. So I always love to ask a final question. And of course, we're going to have to find out where people can go to find more of you and to work with you and all of that. So we'll do that as well for people who are waiting for that. But I like to know what, what are you working on? What's a habit, a way of being or doing or not stillness, which you talked about that you are working on right now? Yeah. So I got this idea from you actually. And yeah, so I have always liked writing and I've always harbored this fantasy that I could write something someday and I found it always safer just to stay in this like fantasy place of I could have been a writer but I finally this year decided to take a writing class and it was one that you suggested so I am taking a writing class and it's vulnerable and I'm allowing myself to do it imperfectly and another thing you inspired me around that was I don't, and again, I'm going to butcher what you said, but the message I I got from you was I don't have to produce something large, life-changing and super important. It is important because I'm important. And that that like felt really like permissive, like, okay, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to do this. So that's what I'm doing right now this year too. I adore that. And are you doing that writing class through Ashme who uh-huh. was on the show? Uh-huh. Awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. I took that too. I think you, you yeah. know, that, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how okay. I found it. Yeah. Awesome. I wasn't sure if I told you I took the class or if I just shared about her, but awesome. That is so great. It's such a good course for whoever's listening. Anna, that really made me smile so much. Like, Oh, that's just what I want for all of the women who are here. Just take that courage, take that leap. And we all need it. Like I said, I, I am learning. I need to slow down in some ways and make more yeah. room for life and creativity. So, all right. So for those who are wanting to find more, where should they go? Well, I, if you want to learn more about me, you can yeah. um, go to my professional website. It's www. That's probably redundant. You don't need to say that. It's so hard. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that www is so hard to say, but yes. I know, right? 
but balancehealthandhealing.com. It's balance, not balance, duh. It's balancehealthandhealing.com. And that's just a link to the private workout. And I share with amazing fellow women therapists who share this passion and this expertise and are all about healing the world. And uh, we also have like a, a blog that we do. Some of my new writing, I've been extending Yay. it into that space has been showing up on our professional blog, but we have that if people are just looking for information, but that also links to our services and what we offer here. That's so fantastic. And it's so clear that you are so good at what you do. And I, I, I don't know, I just, the women in this community, that's how we've met through just this, this amazing community, right? They just blow me away and you absolutely are one of them. I've looked up to you for years, admire the writing, the courage. I have read many of your, your blogs that you, <laughs> that you wrote in the past. So you're just one in a million or a billion or however many billion Aww. people are on this earth. So thank you very much, Anna. Thanks for having me. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. Before I share the progress pointers from this episode, I would love it if you could share this episode with someone that came to mind while you were listening. You can text it to a friend, you can email it. If you happen to do it on social media, I would love for you to tag me so I can say thank you and and, and hello too. I love to get to know the women in this community. Okay, let's share the progress pointers from this episode. This is where I share the notes that I took so you do not have to take them. Number one, your happiness is not related to the size of your body. Two, a poor relationship with your body hijacks other relationships. Three, your journey with your body is complicated. Good relationships take time. Four, your body is the only relationship you have a guaranteed connection to throughout your entire life. Five, to heal the connection with your body, start by laying down the weapons of war and move towards neutrality. This can start with a wish. Six, this healing requires unconditional permission to allow your body to be fully cared for. Seven, you can behave your way into healing. Eight, commit to loving behaviors, including thoughts and language used towards your body. Nine, invite your body into your memories because it's a companion to them. And 10, body love doesn't have to be the goal. Move towards a body appreciation. 11, your body is chronically taking care of you and is doing the best it can. And 12, to assist with some body gratitude, recall your favorite memories and how your body was an essential part in them. You can get access to a lovely graphic that we have every single week of the progress pointers, every time we have an interview that is, by getting on our go-getter newsletter. You can go to aboutprogress.com forward slash go-getter, not go-getter, go-getter to get on that newsletter. This month has already been such a rewarding theme for me and I am learning so much. We are exploring what it means to honor our bodies and I hope that you are too. I really hope so because I think this is what the world needs right now. I know there's so much going on in the world, but if we can just focus less on our bodies, just imagine the good that we can do in our lives and for the, and for others around us. And if you are ready to differentiate yourself from your body and your outcomes and your roles and responsibilities, be sure to check out our finding me course at aboutprogress.com slash finding me. It's your way to a true and ingrained and deeply Uh, belonging identity. Don't forget to join us in the You Can Get Organized Challenge at aboutprogress.com slash challenge. It's going to be so fun. And I just want to say before we sign off today, if you are feeling so bone weary 
from the year plus of shared struggles that we've had all around the world and are still ongoing. I just want to tell you, I'm with you. Keep going. Keep putting one step in front of the other. I am going to do the same, knowing that there's many, many women like me, like you, who are trying to do this together. Go and do something with what you learned today. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. Uh, at the, uh. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.